Hi, welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 25, Faith, Desire, Proactivity equals Opportunity. I want to start out this week by just thanking you for listening. It is so satisfying for me to see you guys listen throughout the week, and all I have is a little counter where I can just look and see how many people have listened that day. And it's not a huge number or anything, but each person who listens, I'm just like, oh man, I got to be a part of that person's day. And it just feels really, really good. Um, I would love to know who you are. (laughs) So if you're following me on social media, uh, message me and let me know that you're a regular listener or that you listened this week. Um, I, my Instagram handle is come follow me underscore Brie. That's the main place I'm active on Facebook. I have a group, but I'm not great about being active on there because I don't get on Facebook um, nearly as often. Um, So if you're on Instagram, please follow me and please let me know that you're listening. I would love to put some faces um, and names to those numbers that I see. It just makes it feel all that much more fulfilling. So if you could do that, I would just love it. It would just make me feel happy. Um, And also, If you enjoy the podcast, let people know that you enjoy it and leave a review. I don't quite know how it works, but I know when you leave a review, it boosts the podcast and allows other people to find it more easily. So that would be great. All right. So let's get on to this week's topic. So we're studying this week, Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 14 through 17. And this week we talk about the three witnesses who are Oliver Cowdery, Martin Harris, and David Whitner. Now, first, I want you to go read the pages indicated in the Saints book that's indicated in Come Follow Me. Come Follow Me always tells you what pages of Saints book of the Saints book um, correlate with the sections. Um, I believe I should have checked this before, but I believe if you don't actually have a physical copy of the Saints book that you can get it on um, the church app. Ugh, I'm going to stop this recording and go le- look right now. Okay, yes, I checked. It is on the church, the church's app, and you can get it there. Um, so you should read that to get some history behind it. Um, and also, if you want some really great context explained to you, another great um, account to follow is Come Follow Me Study. And she just clearly knows her stuff, and she gives a great recap of the history this week and all weeks. And she is a great resource for that. Um, I am only going to lightly cover the context and then we're going to talk about something that I think is just so cool. We are shown over and over again in the scriptures that our desire to serve can open amazing opportunities to serve and bear witness to incredible things. So the first few chapters, the first three chapters, 14, 15, 16 this week are revelations, um, that the three Whitner brothers, David, John, and Peter asked for from Joseph Smith while he was translating the remainder of the Book of Mormon in their home. Um, The three brothers gained a testimony through letters um, from Oliver Cowdery to his friend, David Whitmer, um, and they gained a testimony about the registration and about Joseph Smith. And when Joseph and Oliver asked, well, I think actually Oliver asked if they could come stay there because the persecution was getting too great where they were before. 
Um, they came to stay at the Whitmer home and the Whitmers opened their home immediately, which is just amazing. The, the faith that they had, that they wanted to bring Joseph in when obviously he kind of attracts some persecution and some drama. So that takes a leap of faith to invite that into your home. So these three brothers asked for revelations from, um, the Lord for what they should be doing, what their purpose is. And then section 17 is Oliver Cowdery, Martin Harris, and David Whitmer all felt compelled by the Spirit to ask to be the three witnesses of the Book of Mormon after they learned from the end of the Book of Mormon that there would be three witnesses. So they learned about that and they must have mulled that over in their minds and they're like, Somebody has to be the three witnesses. I want to be the, one of the three witnesses. And they took initiative and they asked for that blessing. In both of these instances where the three brothers, the Whitmers, are allowing Joseph to come into their home to finish the translation and these three witnesses that asked to be the three witnesses, I am so impressed with the faith and the initiative of these men. They gained a testimony of the restoration and of the prophet Joseph, and they just embraced it. They asked for revelations about how they could be most useful. And then I'm sure just inspired by the magnificence of being able to be key witnesses of something so incredible. I know that I have felt a great desire to be able to be a part of the work here on earth and these men made me feel a little validated because sometimes I worry when I um, have these desires to do everything I can and to reach as many people as I can. I never want my desire to be motivated by anything than pure love for the Savior. I'm always checking myself. I'm like, okay, I I don't want my motivation to be for attention or praise or anything like that. And when you're seeking to reach more people, I think it's only natural that, that your brain would go there. You're like, oh, is my motivation pure? Is my motivation in a good spot that Heavenly Father would be proud and, and okay with? And so these examples here reiterated to me that with pure motivations, these desires that I have, they're good desires. And any desires that you have to to reach people and serve people and do well in your calling, that is a wonderful thing that Heavenly Father wants for us. He wants us to desire to know what we should be doing and how we can do well and how we can affect people around us. And I've definitely heard as I've grown up through the church I've heard different opinions about people who are really embracing their calling and going all in and going above and beyond. Now, I'm not saying that in order to do that, you need to create these like art masterpieces to be a part of your lesson or or things like that. Although I think those things can be really cool if they're not overtaking the the true intent of what you are doing or what you are teaching. And if they're not taking over the time in your life that should be spent doing other things. But I think that we could all benefit when we um, see people really going above and beyond in their callings. What, how does it benefit us to assume that their motives are anything other than completely pure to do the best that they can? I'm pretty sure there's not a benefit. So we might as well 
just believe that that person has pure intentions and wants to serve their Heavenly Father. Because we read here in these sections that Heavenly Father rejoices. The Savior rejoices over our good desires to be useful and to really embrace the gospel with anxious engagement and make it a huge majority part of our life to do his work. And of course, a lot of that work is within our own home. It's the work of being a mother and the work of being a father and the work of being a sister and a daughter. That is a huge portion of what that work is supposed to look like. But as far as it it goes in your ward, I am of the mind that if you move to a new ward or even you're in your current ward and you just want more work to do, tell your bishop, tell your stake president. And maybe that's not the stage of life that you're in. I don't really think that I'm in that stage of life. I think I am barely doing an adequate job at being a primary teacher. So as I say these things, this is not me saying that I'm doing an amazing job at these things because especially with this last year of the pandemic, I've kind of spent the first portion just being like, well, I can't really do a whole lot because we're not going to church. So I kind of slacked off and I think I'm still kind of slacking off because I think there are definitely things I can be doing. So I don't know that I'm in a place in my life that I would do that where I would seek after um, a whole lot more responsibility in my ward. If I was asked to, I certainly would, would embrace that. But I think that I um, have my little family and I have this podcast and I have my my calling. So I don't know that I would seek after that. But if you're feeling like you would be fulfilled by more responsibility, tell your bishop, tell your stake president. And now that's not to say that you're going to then get the most visible calling. But I think by making it clear to the leadership that you are there to work and you are there to get after it, you'll ensure that you are used where you are needed the most. And then wherever you get called, you can magnify that calling and make the most out of it and do and make whatever effect the Lord intended for you to to make while in that calling. Okay, sorry, I kind of got off on a tangent. Um, So I want to dig into one particular part of section 14 to see this amazing validation we get for these good desires to be put to work from the Lord. So the verses I'm going to be talking about are verses 3 through 8. So in chapter 14, which is the section that's speaking to David Whitmer, Behold, the field is white, all ready to harvest. Therefore, whoso desireth to reap, let him thrust in his sickle with his might, and reap while the day lasts, that he may treasure up for his soul everlasting salvation in the kingdom of God. All right. I mean, talk about a visual. Thrust in your sickle. Now, a sickle, in case you don't know, I feel like probably most people know, but a sickle is a farming tool used to reap the field, and it has a semicircular blade at the end of a wooden pole handle. And I just watched a YouTube video because I wanted to see people using that in real life, and it's very effective. And these people that I watched were not half-heartedly cutting. They were truly thrusting that sickle with all of their energy and pulling that weed and har- wheat, not weed, <laughs> pulling that wheat and harvesting that with all their might and energy. And it was inspiring to watch and relate it to the gospel and made me really evaluate if I'm really thrusting in my sickle with all my might. 
I'm going to say I'm definitely not thrusting in my sickle with all my might. Um, like I've, like I've talked about, I mean, we can always say this to ourselves where, you know, we can always be doing better at something. Um, but I think that we all have the ability to evaluate if it's just that we could be doing better because there's always room to grow, or if we could be doing better because we are, um, being ineffective in some way or not using the energy that we have for what we should be using it for. So I think that we, we all have the ability to kind of hopefully tell the difference. And if you have struggle, if you struggle telling the difference, I think that's something that you can pray for is to know the difference between you're just not perfect yet. And if you really maybe should be trying harder, I think I've decided in my case, I probably should be trying harder. I could try harder. So as I watch these people thrust in their sickle and harvest that wheat, I'm like, man, I could be using so much more of my energy to be doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. And I could for sure not be doing some of the things that are using up that energy that are not actually all that productive. Is there any area that you feel like you aren't really doing this? You aren't really thrusting in your sickle. And of course, like I just said, we want to balance allowing the Savior to give us grace for our inadequacy and really being honest to ourselves about what about what we could be giving more of our reaping energy to. All right, the next verse. Yea, whosoever will thrust in his sickle and reap, the same is called of God. You wonder if you're calling as a primary teacher or a mother or a ministering sister or brother or a nursery leader or podcaster or friend is actually a calling that God cares about and that he wants for you and is has specially assigned you? Well, we are given the answer right there. Whosoever will thrust in his sickle and reap. So if you will put your might and your mind to that task and try your hardest to aid in the work, the same is called of God. You are called of God. If you're willing to get to work, you are called of God. Henry B. Eyring, in his talk called Serve with the Spirit, said, Let us do whatever is required to qualify for the Holy Ghost as our companion, and then let us go forward fearlessly so that we will be given the powers to do whatever the Lord calls us to do. That growth and power to serve may come slowly. It may come in small steps that are difficult for you to see, but it will come. So when we qualify for the Holy Ghost as our companion, we can go forward fearlessly and we will be given the power to do whatever the Lord calls us to do. That's pretty cool. The next verse says, therefore, if ye will ask of me, you shall receive. If you will knock, it shall be opened unto you. Think of that wholehearted endorsement of carrying forth his work. It's like he's saying, let me know whatever you need. I'm here to help. And I think that that's the best sustaining vote that we could receive from him. When we sustain people to their callings within our ward, we are not only saying, yep, great, you go do that. We are agreeing to support that person in their calling, whether that be calling your ministering supervisor right back right away to give them your report instead of making them chase after you or accepting the call to give a talk in church. Supporting with your best efforts is the best way to show true support for the people in your ward. 
And that is what we're promised from the Lord. Ask and ye shall receive whatever you need. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Or in other words, let me know what you need. I am here to help. His support is one of the greatest confirmations we can get from the Lord that he wants us to choose to go and do. Choose to follow our good, righteous desires to be a part of the gathering Israel and get to work. Verse 6, it says, Seek to bring forth and establish my Zion. Keep my commandments in all things. We aren't commanded here to lay back and wait to be told exactly what to do to bring forth Zion. We are commanded to seek to bring forth and establish Zion, to look for ways that you can most effectively help, to have initiative and seek things you can do to serve him and establish Zion. President Spencer W. Kimball had a sign prominently displayed on his desk that said, do it. So be like these three Whitmers and ask the Lord, what is most important for you to be doing? And then be like them and do it. Be like President Kimball and do it. And even further than that, follow David, Oliver, and Martin's example and be worthy and ask for big opportunities if you want them. But always remember that big opportunities don't always look the same. Big opportunities come from when you make the most out of the calling that you have. And those big opportunities may not be the most visible thing in the world, but Big opportunities are there for you, no matter your calling, no matter your position in life, no matter if you are a mother or a father or a spouse, those big opportunities are there for you. They just might not always look the same. You know something I have been thinking about lately? This verse in Joel about our day. So this is one of those big things, big opportunities that I have been praying for. In Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So there's a lot of dreaming and visions and prophesying happening. Can you imagine something as amazing as that? Being able to see real visions from the Father or dreams as a direct message from Him to you, that prophecy has been fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled. And I have been asking Heavenly Father to help me be worthy of those kinds of experiences if it's His will. So I'm asking for big things. I, I feel like in my even in my own mind, I kind of giggle at that a little bit where I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to see a vision or a dream. Um because I kind of question if my if my faith is there, if if my faith is perfect enough to be worthy of something like that. Clearly, if I'm questioning if and saying, I'm not going to see a vision, but I think it has less to do with the fact that like, I know he can show me a vision. I know that I can have dreams from him, but it's more about confidence in myself, which actually I'm just thinking this out as I'm saying it, but which actually that confidence in myself reflects on my confidence that I'm having in the Savior and the atonement. Because part of the reason that I am am even saying that oh, maybe my faith isn't quite there is because I am imperfect, very imperfect. And I have a lot of faults that I really am hard on myself for sometimes. And I think that, that these prophets who saw visions and these uh, people throughout history who saw visions 
they probably had a pretty good hold and embrace on the atonement and knew that even though they weren't perfect, even though their faith wasn't perfect, they knew that the atonement could make that effort whole. And so maybe that's what I want. I need to work on is having a little bit more confidence in my own um, ability to be worthy to see those kinds of things because I believe that the Savior made up for my imperfections and that as I use the atonement, I am enough to be worthy of those because he made me worthy by sacrificing for my sins and my inadequacies. So we don't need to, to be perfect in order to qualify for those things. It's our faith, our faith in him, our faith in the atonement that qualifies us for that. So when we're questioning ourselves and if if he really could give it to you, yes, he could. If your faith is relying enough on him, if you have enough faith in the atonement to allow him to take from you your weakness and your inadequacy. So that's something I guess I need to work on. But Yes, I am asking for big things because we have been told and shown that we can. And I'm not looking for a sign to create my faith because we know that's not how it works. But for any of us, he knows if our faith is there, if we have adequate faith to to be worthy of that. And one of the purposes of prayer is asking for blessings and claiming blessings that the Father is already willing to give us if we just ask. So we know from Joel that these things will happen, that people will will see visions and dream dreams that are from the Father. And maybe that's not his will for me, but I sure am not going to miss out on that because I didn't ask. So I'm going to keep asking. And maybe it's not his will for me. Maybe... I'm not going to get exactly what I want. And that is completely okay with me because I know that his plan and what he would have happen in my life is so much greater and so much more perfect for my particular pathway than whatever I could create. But I for sure believe that this is something that is very real and will continue to happen as we approach the Savior's coming. And I would love to have a special personal witness for myself And I know that he can bless me if that's something that he wants. All right. So the next verse is verse seven. And if you keep my commandments and endure to the end, you shall have eternal life, which gift is the greatest of all the gifts of God. So that made me think, what do we do sometimes for our children when we really want them to accomplish something? Sometimes we offer a reward, right? Like I thought of potty training. I had a big Hulk figurine when my son was potty training, and I offered it to him if he went the whole day without an accident. Now, the promise and gift that God is offering is very different from that. He is offering the greatest of all gifts, and he wants us to succeed, but we've also been given a whole lot of forgiveness in there. We don't have to make it our whole life without an accident. (laughs) this a funny metaphor probably is (laughs) we don't have to make it without an accident because we can give that to the savior we can repent and use the atonement and get rid of that accident (laughs) okay i'm gonna stop uh, comparing this to potty training (laughs) um but it's different in that 
we can claim eternal life someday because of what we become in the process. It's not just an accomplishment that we accomplish. We literally become different people. Eternal life isn't a prize we win in the end. Eternal life is the end result of our progression by keeping the commandments and enduring to the end. It is a wonderful natural consequence we receive from God for a life lived by the word of God. All right, next verse. And it shall come to pass that if you shall ask the Father in my name, in faith believing, you shall receive the Holy Ghost, which giveth utterance, that you may stand as a witness of the things which ye shall both hear and see, that ye may declare repentance unto this generation. So as we seek to do all these things, we are promised power and aid. The Holy Ghost's purpose is to be with us, and through it, we will be given power to do the things required of us as we do as we are commanded. And we will be given utterance, which I just think is so cool, that we may stand as witnesses of this great work. We will be given utterance as we have hard conversations and as we bear our testimony of what is true. We need to live worthy of the Holy Ghost and have courage to embrace the true principles that we have been given from our moral lawgiver. He will give you utterance to embrace and testify of truth that needs to be said in this age of moral relativity. Ask to be given courage from the Holy Ghost and commit that you will not speak nor embrace lies to make yourself socially comfortable. The Lord is the source of all truth, all of it, and don't let the world convince you that he might be wrong. This courage is given to us through the Holy Ghost so that we can say what needs to be said and be what we need to be, and love who we need to love and serve who we need to serve and do what needs to be done so we can stand as a witness of him at all times and in all things and in all places. The Lord will work miracles through you. We are promised that we will see miracles in these times and we will know unequivocally that the Lord is at the helm if we are worthy of the companionship of the Holy Ghost, if we are staying close to the Spirit, we will know unequivocally that the Lord is at the helm. He is ready to bless you with opportunities to serve, and He wants us to ask and seek guidance about how we can be most effective, just like these three witnesses, just like these Whitmer brothers. By small means are great things brought to pass. We all feel small sometimes. But the only thing that can keep the Lord from working great things through you is you. I'm going to end with Elder Uchtdorf. He says, Cheerfully do all things that lie in your power. Then may you stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. And I promise that the Lord will cause unimaginable things to come from your righteous labors. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.